since I was on scout team, I didn't get to travel with the team. So whenever we had a home game, I actually had to ride my bike up to the uh, facility and I would always see um, the team buses pass us up. And, you know, you get like the police sirens and, you know, like even your, your teammates see you riding the bus up to the game. And it's, it's embarrassing, man. Greetings, everybody. This is another episode of the Pot of Aggieland, starring your host, Chase Lane. Number two in the field, number one in y'all's hearts. Um, do not have a guest speaker for you guys uh, for the, uh, this episode, so i um, looking forward to doing this one by myself. Uh, let you guys kind of just get a, a, deeper, a deeper dive and look into how I am as a person, um, you know, just things that are just going around just the, the world right now, kind of just give my opinions on those. So um, you guys are stuck with me for this episode, but uh, I'm very excited and looking forward to just getting into what I want to talk about. So um, to start, and I want to start doing this for every episode going forward, because I know a lot of my listeners um, happen to listen to the show in the morning. And, you know, even if you catch the show during the day or at, at nighttime, I know that a good quote can really um, can really touch a lot of people in different ways because you never know what um, anybody's going through. And we know we all go through things as human beings. So um, the quote of the day for today's episode is, we will all at some point encounter hurdles to gain access and entry, moving up and conquering self-doubt. But on the other side, it's a capacity to own opportunity and tell our own story. And that is from Stacey Abrams. So, um, just my thoughts on the quote, and you know, I I would love to hear, um, you know, in 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 comments or if you if you shoot our DMs with the with the quote meant to you, um, but for me, uh, the part about conquering self doubt is I feel like in life, if you really put things into perspective, our biggest enemy and our and our biggest challenge is really ourselves, and you know, you hear a lot of people talking about like. It's, it's, it's me versus me. It's you versus you at the end of the day. And, you know, just that constant battle with with yourself on just, you know, when you're going through certain things, it can be athletics. It can be it can be a job. It can be school. Um, yeah. And just conquering that self-doubt. Uh, it, it, it takes a lot. And it's it's, a, it's easier said than done. I know for me as a football player, um, when I first got to campus, uh, you know, when you when you come out of high school, uh, you, uh, you know, you, everybody that, if you go to school like A&M, you were more often than not the guy at your high school and you were that star player that, uh, everybody went to, everybody talked about. So when you get to college, it's a lot of guys who, who look like you and can do what you can do, if not better. So, um, I faced e- extreme adversity in my first year here. I got here in the summer of 2019 and uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I was actually, um, one of two guys, one of two guys that were on the uh, scout team, and we were the only two guys that were on scout team that were on scholar- that were on scholarship, full scholarship. So, um, I was a scholarship player, full scholarship player, uh, practicing with walk-ons every day, and I was on the scout team helping our defense prepare to uh, go into games. So, uh, that was a, a a huge adjustment for me, and you know, it's and it just you begin to question yourself as a player because 
you you've seen so much success at an early age and um you automatically think that that the grass is going to be green always when you go to the other side and for instance the other side is uh power five college ball but um yeah my path was is most definitely different from a lot of people um i spent the first six weeks of the season on the scout team and then i got moved up to the to the travel squad travel squad excuse me and i was able to start practicing with the offense but yeah, I faced a lot of I faced a lot of self doubt in that time, and um, I remember since I was on scout team, I didn't get to travel with the team. So whenever we had a home game, like I said in the first episode, we get to stay in the hotels. I actually had to ride my bike up to the uh, facility on game days, and I would always see um, the team buses pass us up, and you know you get like the police sirens, and you know like even your your teammates see you riding the bus up to the game, and it's it's embarrassing, man. It's very embarrassing. And then uh, not even being able to get the travel gear at first and kind of just having to pull up in my own stuff. Like, I, I didn't even really feel like I was a part of the team. And, you know, and it's hard when you have so many, so much expectations from back home. And, you know, people are like, oh, like, why are you not playing? Like, what's the, what's the deal? What's the deal? And you don't even really know how to answer those questions. So um, in that time, um, I really found my faith in God. I mean, I was already a believer, but, you know, just when you go through tough times, um, you really have to dig deep and find like what's deep inside of you. And, you know, I leaned on God to get me through that time, but yeah, man, that self doubt, um, you, you, I, I remember during that first fall camp, I didn't even know if I could play like college ball at this level. And, you know, I just faced so many just doubts from within that weren't even necessarily coming from like coaches or from, from friends, from peers, from, from family members, from, from anybody, it was all coming from myself, but when you don't necessarily realize that and you're, you're just so swamped from uh, what's going on in life and you're in your situation at that, at that time, man, you can really, you can really get cloudy for you. So um, yeah, man. So I'm going to say the quote one more time so you guys can think about it. We will all at some point encounter hurdles to gaining access and entry, moving up and conquering self-doubt. But on, on the other side is the capacity to own opportunity and to tell our own story. And the last part, I think, is just storybook for me by telling our own story because I'm getting an opportunity on this platform to tell my own story um, with this podcast. And, um, you know, just kind of just give give the people just a different side of what you don't really hear from, like with uh, with a lot of different interviews from players and stuff. So giving you that deep dive look. And, I, and I'm giving the, I've been given the opportunity from Permi Media to um, tell my own story. So hope that quote resonates with you guys. Um Looking forward to if you guys decide to reach out to me via my own Instagram uh, by the Potter Aguilant accounts on social media to just let me know what the quote meant to you. It, it'd be it, it'd mean a lot to hear some hear some feedback on that. So um, moving on, um, I kind of wanted to talk about my uh, experience so far in um, doing this podcast and like what is my end goal and in. in uh, and what I want to achieve with this. So I've been wanting, well, if you don't know me, obviously I have aspirations of playing in the NFL, but, um, like I said, if you don't know me, um, I, I do feel like, and I, and I don't say this arrogantly, I do feel like I'm a man of many talents and, um, I, I have aspirations of one day being an analyst on a major sports network, like an ESPN, like a Fox sports and, um, potentially commentating, sideline reporting, and, uh, you know, just getting into that realm because I know even if I'm not playing sports, I, I know I always want to be around the sports because I'm very 
uh, knowledgeable in a lot of different sports. And then further, furthermore, after that, I want to uh, begin the road to becoming an athletic director at the Power Five uh, Division One institution. So, um, like, yeah, like the question, like I asked, like, what am I trying to get out of this? I, I'm just really trying to just gain experience. Um, you know, podcasts are really hot right now. And, um, you know, I've always been a fan of podcasts. Um, and I just feel like it's just great experience for me into the career field I want to get into after my playing days are over because, you know, one day football will end, whether that's at the collegiate level, whether it's at the pro level. And um, I just I'm making sure that I got my plans A through C um, all working in effect. So, uh, yeah, uh, I saw someone I forgot the Twitter account, but someone made a comment <laughs> and they added the SEC network saying that uh, once my eligibility runs out, SEC network needs to hire me. And, uh, man, it, and it, it's like it means a lot because I've received such like good, positive feedback, not only from my family members, but from uh, fans, from from teammates, from friends, just about how much they enjoy listening to the podcast. And um, my my agent had texted me after like my third episode. And he was just like, I think you found your calling. And I'm just like, yeah, man, like I don't think anybody really realized like how into talking I am. Like I'm a big talker, but. Like, I do feel like I have the potential to be a TV personality one day. So, um, yeah, I'm really just using this as experience. And, you know, I've voiced it so many times, but I, I really enjoyed doing this show. And uh, I, I get really I get really excited when it's filming day uh, for the show. So, uh, yeah, it's all about just getting that experience, you know, just um, making sure the right people get the right eyes on it. So, you know, one day I, if I do get that call to audition for a, a ESPN or an SEC network or a a TNT sports or a Fox sports and, uh, you know, I just, I'll be ready. So, uh, I just wanted to touch base on that. Um, any new hobbies that I've picked up on? So, like I said in my first episode that since my, uh, master's program is online, I'm left with a lot of free time. So, um, prior to last week, I just got into a really bad routine of, you know, just, you know, I was still taking care of my academics, obviously, but, you know, I just, I would wake up at like 10 and I would log on to school and I would just kind of just be groggy throughout the day until I had to leave for practice. So um, I noticed that I didn't really like the way it made me feel. So I talked to him, I talked to my dad last week and he was saying like, like get up and go on a walk, like wake up early, go on a walk, you know, just kind of start your day off. So, you do have some more energy to go throughout the day. So you feel more accomplished. So um, every day I've been waking up at 830 in the morning, give or take. And my dog and I, I have a red nosed pit bull named Huncho, who is two years old. Uh, my dog and I, we, we walked down to this lake kind of at the end of, end of my neighborhood. And we walked there. I listened to my gospel music, um, kind of just getting my day started. I asked my girlfriend for a, a good gospel playlist. And, uh, yeah, you know, and that's what I do to start my day. So um, that's a hobby that I really like picking up on. And I know my dog really enjoys it because it gives him a chance to get up the house and uh, get some exercise because, you know, I am gone a lot of the time for practice and other responsibilities that I have to attend to. But, yeah, I really enjoy doing it. And uh, it just makes me feel more just energetic going throughout my day and, and just get, put, get, puts me, excuse me, in a, in a positive attitude. Now, switching over to um, a different sport. Because like I said, I want to be an analyst one day and um, I tooted my own horn by saying that I'm very knowledgeable in other sports and what's going on in other sports worlds. 
So um, I kind of just want to touch base on the Ime Udoka situation happening up in Boston with the Celtics. Uh, a lot of, a lot of, uh, if you haven't seen Stephen A. Smith and Malika Andrews, they kind of got into a little rant going back and forth uh, on first take a couple of days ago. And uh, I kind of understood where Stephen A. Smith was coming from. If you didn't hear it, he was basically saying that, um, yes, Ime Udoka, Ime Udoka, excuse me, should be held accountable, but if it was a consensual relationship between the coach and the um, the, the, the female staff member, she should be held accountable too. And um, for it to be just plastered everywhere uh, on news outlets about how uh, Ime Udoka has been put on suspension and for the year. And, uh, you know, it's kind of, I don't want to say shaming him because it's a rightful shame, I believe, because he was living foul. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of sucks, man, because number one, I always try my best to support African-American coaches because like I said in a couple episodes earlier, they don't really get a lot of second chances. And, uh, you know, they're just waiting. They're just, I feel like they're just waiting uh, for those African-American coaches to mess up sometimes. So, um, yeah, when I, when I heard about it, obviously like, I don't know the, the ins and outs of what actually happened, but just from what I heard about it on like Bleacher Report and then on ESPN, uh, it was kind of, I was disappointed because uh, he was a first-year head coach last year with the Celtics. Um, years prior to last year, the Celtics have been getting bounced in the second round of the playoffs, and they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, but they could never really get over that hump. But uh, last year, they, they were able to make it to the finals, and uh, they played against the Warriors, who um, would end up winning in six games. But, uh, yeah, like they were a favorite team coming back this year. Um, they brought back everybody, and I think they added um, – they they added Malcolm Brogdon, who's a he's a really a quality point guard, but um yeah uh it just sucks it's it's a really like it's a sucky situation going on up there, and um it's you know and just with the with the height of, of where social media is at today, um even though Coach Udoka is um, suspended that is gonna be following that team for God knows how long, and it's gonna serve as a distraction so. Um, yeah, just a just a, a bad situation for everybody up in the Boston Celtics organization. But uh, hopefully the talent can overcome that and they can make another deep playoff run. So switching gears, now that I was able, you know, just to talk about some things other than football, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in taking a breath of fresh air from what you're doing. Uh, let's let's get right back into it. So around the world in college football this weekend, we got – Kentucky versus Ole Miss. Um, I don't know if you guys had seen, but uh, Lane Kiffin kind of called out the Ole Miss fans um, from their game last week, and he basically said that when they came out of halftime, it looked like a high school game. So um, I think the fans, you know, and I'm a, I think Lane Kiffin's a great coach, and you know, everybody has his opinion about him, but uh, I, I still feel like he's creating a good culture down there in, in Oxford, but. Um, yeah, hopefully the fans can really show off for Lane and, and the rest of the team. Uh, I got Ole Miss in that game. I feel like Lee Corso from College Game Day when I do these, these game selections. I got, I need to start going back and seeing, like, how right I am on each of my selections. But, um, yeah, I got Ole Miss in this game, you know, playing at home. Uh, I feel like the fans will respond well to the to the uh, the call-out that Lane Kiffin put them on, put them on blast. Uh, but Kentucky's no sleeper either, and uh, if Ole Miss doesn't come on their P's and Q's, Kentucky will walk out of there with a W. I do not um, 
I do not uh, underestimate them one bit. Uh, moving on, Alabama versus Arkansas. Um, Arkansas is a, is a good team. And um, Bama, you know, they're obviously Alabama. But they, I think Alabama's two, like, one of their, like two of their defensive starters are, are day-to-day right now. So that will obviously play a role. Um, but then again, um, I don't know if I'll, I'll if I'll ever bet against Bryce Young because he's a, he's just a phenomenal ball player. And uh, but they are playing in Fayetteville, so we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah, don't underestimate Arkansas because, like I said last week, um, we walked in there, we we escaped with the win. So I know they're gonna be they're gonna be pissed off and ready for that game <clears throat> against Bama because uh, no one ever wants to drop two in a row, especially in this league. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting uh, game, but I got Alabama because rarely do I go against the Crimson Tide unless they're playing us. Um, moving on, we got Oklahoma State and Baylor. Um, game being played down in Waco. Um, you never know with those Big 12 games, man, because a couple of ago, a couple of episodes ago I said Texas was back, and then they turned around and they dropped one against Texas Tech after being up 31-17. So, um those big 12 games, they, they go back and forth. You can never really have a clear-cut favorite unless you're going against, like, one of those Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield OU teams from back in the day. But, uh, yeah, um, who I got? Mm. I got Baylor because they're at home. Uh, and, you know, uh, Waco's going to be jumping with that game. But uh, Oklahoma State, they're, they're, no, they're no joke either, like I said, about Kentucky either. And that's a big 12 championship uh, rematch. And I know the way it ended last year, um, Baylor is going to be looking for, I mean, Oklahoma State, excuse me, is going to be looking for a, a win in that game to make a statement. And to cap it off, we have North Carolina versus Clemson. So, like I said earlier, I don't, I'm not too solid on Clemson yet. Um, yeah, they are number five in the country, but I think with these rankings, it can sometimes get political. Um kind of just how you how you see Notre Dame as a top four team every year, like literally going into into the new seasons every year. So um I still got Clemson in this game. But uh North Carolina, North Carolina, excuse me, they have they have a really good quarterback in Drake May, who actually played um high school ball with one of my teammates, Moose Muhammad. And um yeah, he's a he's a really good player and they have, they got some good skill guys around him. I remember we've seen some of them when we played them in the Orange Bowl. Uh, two years ago, but uh, I got Clemson in that game, but I do think it'll be a shootout because uh, both uh, both offenses can can really uh, score the ball. So, moving on to the Texas A and M Aggies, we have um, the Mississippi State Bulldogs down in Stark Vegas. Um, if you don't know, Starkville, Mississippi, and uh, that's actually a really fun environment. Um, I don't know too many people that have if, – if you traveled to Starkville, if you've been to a Mississippi State game, um, then you know what I'm talking about. But there's it, just something cool about the stadium. It's, like, nothing, like, too big, but it's, it's like, a nice, chill vibe. So, um, you know, this week has been different because – well, this week of preparation has been different because, you know, obviously um, hearing the news about um, our one of our team captains, Anaya Smith, uh, who was out for the year. Uh, he broke his ankle. Um I've been able to talk to him a little bit. Um, you know, he's just kind of just been looking at me as a, just as a leader to just carry carry the load as, as uh, leading the offense. 
and helping and leading the offense and, you know, just being that voice and um, being that guy who just does what he's supposed to do on and off the field. Um, but, yeah, man, I feel like a lot of guys in the locker room uh, feel more inclined to um, continue with this season and to finish this season uh, for Anias because, you know, just it's so unfortunate when that happens to – it's unfortunate if, when it happens to anybody, but more so when it happens to a guy like Anias who – who has been that voice for us for the past couple of years, who has, um, you know, just been a guy that you could count on game in and game out. And, you know, just um, seeing the way he went out, just like a true soldier. Uh, yeah, it makes you feel more inclined to just go out there and just play for him. So um, I know a lot of guys are going to have um, a chip on the shoulder for Anias. I know, I know I do because, you know, that's one of my guys I came in with. We came in with, uh, we came in together, two underrated guys, three stars coming out of high school who uh, really were just trying to take the world by storm. So, um, yeah, I definitely feel for him. Uh, the prayers are with him, obviously. Um, need to get him on the show, actually. So that, that would be in the works coming forward. I need to get him on the show. But, um, yeah, from a football perspective, um, when I when I think about who needs to step up I think it's a collective I think it's a collective job from everybody and when I say everybody I mean offensively um obviously um those are major shoes to fill and I feel and even though excuse me even though those are major shoes to fill I, I feel like we are highly capable of filling those shoes because um we don't have to go out there and be a be a nice we don't have to go out there and try to do the do the thing a nice does um, we're all here for a reason. We can all play ball at a high level. So I feel like instead of trying to be a nice or having the, the having the mindset that we had to go out there and be a nice, I think everybody just needs to focus on being their best self. So um, that's really what I've been trying to focus on this week is just, you know, just um, if my number's called, if, if they need me to fill that slot, and I, and I love playing the slot because I feel like I'm a natural slot, um, then I'm going to go out there and be the best chase lane I can be for this team. And, um, I think that has been the uh, the thought process of many guys on the team. And, you know, um, practice has been different. You know, we're, we're trying guys at different spots, uh, seeing what works best for the offense. But um, everybody has to be ready because in this league, it's the next man up mentality. And it can happen to any of us because last year we got the injury bug. Uh, I tore my Achilles last year. Caleb Chapman was out for the year. Hezekiah Jones was out for the year. Anais, Anais got hurt last year, and he barely made it to the finish line. And we had guys who would – uh, weren't even traveling at first, starting against LSU. So in this league, and and especially in college football as a whole, like it's so it's a it's a long grueling season, and your number can be called at any point. So instead of waiting to play, you got to prepare to play. So um, I know guys are uh, definitely taking that approach going forward because you know it's not like a nice is going to just be out for one to two weeks. Like this is for the remainder of the year. Like it's, it's us. So. Um, and knowing that, I think guys are um, going to have to have a sense of urgency if, if they don't already have that. And, you know, just uh, taking care of what they need to take care of on and off the field and, you know, just um, striving to put the best product of themselves on the field. So, yeah. Now, Mississippi State game prep. Um, physical defense. Um, actually, a lot of the same guys that we've gone up against for the past two to three years. So not not a lot of new faces. I know they have a transfer in Marcus Banks at corner from Alabama, who's actually in my class and I'm actually cool with. But um, 
Number 13, Elijah Forbes. Uh, he is their field corner. He plays for the field. Um, very fast guy. I remember playing him two years ago, probably their most physical corner. Um, Mississippi State, actually, they're all pretty physical. Uh, they, they talk a lot of trash. I feel like they're probably the most trash talkers I've heard, like, in the SEC. Because I remember just lining up over there on their sideline, and I heard every word in the book, <laughs> like, for real. And then I went and scored, and I kind of just silenced the crowd. But, uh, yeah, uh, their physical group, number 13, number 19, number zero, um, they're experienced guys. They're, they've been in the scheme. Uh, they know what they know what's expected of them. Uh, they got a uh, Jalen Green transferred from Texas, playing safety, a physical guy, smart guy. <clears throat> I feel like he's probably their best guy on defense just because of that experience and uh, that playmaking ability. But uh, yeah, uh, they play a three-five-three defense, uh, which means basically they they like to trap the corners a lot. Um, when they get into man, you're you're mainly going to see like one rat, um, one rat. Uh, excuse me, one rat, two man special, um, four invert. You're going to see that a lot on third down, mainly like third and long. So, uh, you know, just um, expecting that man coverage in, in third and long, and, uh, you know, just we have to do a really good job of winning our one-on-one matchups this week because, um, oh, also they like to blitz. They, they like to blitz almost every play. So um, that definitely speeds up uh, Max's uh, decision-making and, um, because of that blitz, we're going to, we're going to have to, you know, have some, some variations on routes on to help Max get the ball off quicker and into our hands. So, uh, you know, they like to bring a linebacker week and they like to bring, they like to bring the linebacker week. And sometimes they try to bring a corner from the boundary, like a cowboy corner. So, um, yeah, uh, just expecting that blitz every day. Um, our old line has done a great job, you know, just picking up those blitzes and practice from the scout team. And, uh, yeah, so this week really comes down to just um, winning one-on-one matchups, um, being physical because, like I said, they're a physical unit. And, uh, yeah, just uh, coming ready to play and not looking at this as just an easy victory because, like I keep saying, in this league of play, no game is a cakewalk unless you're the 2019 LSU Tigers. But no game in the SEC West or the SEC in general, as a cakewalk. So going into a hostile environment, I've been there. I've played there. I've scored there. Uh, having to deal with the, the cowbells, uh, it's going to be a rocky environment. Um, you know, they're going to be coming out ready to play, especially because they beat us last year. So like last year, I feel like we, we owe ourselves a victory against them because I do feel like we're the better team. But I can say that all day. We got to go up there and put the product on the field because they're a quality opponent as well. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man, going down there. We leave uh, tonight. We leave tonight. And, uh, yeah, um, just ready to get down there, get a, get a, some more preparation in on Friday and just going to war on Saturday. And, uh, like I say, if we do what we were supposed to do, then the scoreboard will say what we wanted to say. Now, uh, since uh, I did this episode by myself, I uh, kind of wanted to, you know, take a different approach like I did earlier in the episode, but now I'm going to. Uh, answer some listener questions that were submitted into our Twitter and our Instagram. So three questions that I'm going to be answering. So at Joe Martin 99 asked who on the team is first team all swag. Okay. So I'm going to give like a, like a, like a starting five. 
So it's not like one through five, like I'm ranking them, but like I'm getting like point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, seven. So starting five off swag, uh, number one. And like I said, I'm not ranking them like from to most swag to least swag. I'm going to have to go with Jalen Jones, uh, cornerback from uh, San Antonio area, uh, Texas kid. He got a lot of swag, man. Uh, he, you know, he, he comes up with the different. Miami Vice type suits on game day, you know. If you go look at his Instagram, uh, you can you got he got the fresh kicks, he got the fresh jeans on, you know. He got the got the got the everything on. So yeah, I feel like Jalen Jones, he's first team all swag. Uh, number two, ooh, let me think. Probably my dog Damani Richardson. You know, uh, if you didn't peep, but he posted on Instagram the other day. He got a a stylist now. So you know he's bringing in big bucks thanks to NIL. So he got he got him a little stylist. You know he likes to pop out with the essentials, fear God. Uh, you know the 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 Gucci shoes, the Balenciagas. You know just 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 straight up rich. So he he's first team all swag. Uh, number three, I'm gonna have to go Antonio Johnson. AJ's got some swag. Uh, he pulls up to the games to the little uh, Louis Vuitton crossbody bag. Uh, he got the he got the shades on. You know he he can he can drip out. Uh, so he's first team all swag. Number four. I'm trying to think who on a team. Number four. Ooh, probably Jacoby Matthews. Yeah. Jacoby Matthews, he's a freshman safety. I've actually known him since he was a recruit. But uh, yeah, he he be coming to meetings in like like gallery department shirts and like gallery department jeans. Uh, you know, with the with the Yeezy slides, he got on the like the chrome heart, everything. He he be wearing something like that like Von Miller be wearing. So, uh, yeah, uh, he's he's my starting he's my starting power forward on uh, first team all swag, and then you know me yours truly. I'm I'm obviously on the swag team. You can tell just by the glasses I got on, you know. Just I'm a but here's my thing. I feel like my swag is different from most because I'm in the fashion. So like a lot of guys on the team are like, you know, they like to just put on what they feel the athletes wearing, but like I'm really into like fashion, like pushing boundaries, like for real, like and what and like what people in like people are wearing. So like obviously I don't have like the, the money to just be popping out in like Prada and in like and uh, I do have Dior. But like Prada and like and and you know these all these this top end fashion labels like all the time, but you know I got Dior, I got Palm Angels, like, you know I got some I got some other designers, I got Louis Vuitton that I'm not gonna tap into, but uh, yeah, I feel like my my swag ranges from like streetwear swag, but it can also like stretch all the way into like business swag. You feel me? Because I, I can I can give you like a streetwear, like boom boom, like what's up swag, but then I can come with you like a president. So I feel like uh I have like the I have the most depth when it comes to fashion and swag. So uh in that five, I think I'm the undisputed swag champ. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the host of this show. But uh moving forward, at A Marie RNC as do you have any pregame superstitions? Hmm. Let me think. I, I know I do. Um, 
Well, every game I have to walk the length of the field, no matter if it's a home game or away game, and I stand in the end zone for 15 seconds. And I do that because I was born on March 15th. So I don't know, like, why I do it, but you know, I'm just, I'm weird like that. So every game I've been doing it uh, since I got to college, like once I started traveling, obviously I go, I walk the length of the field and then I stand in the end zone for 15 seconds. And then after that, I just walk back into the locker room. So um, that's one of my superstitions. And if I, and if I don't do that, I feel like it's going to be a bad game, but um, let me think anything else. Um. Oh, I have to take a shower in the morning. Like, I know a lot of guys, like, a lot of guys, like, they, they, you know, they take a shower at night and they just wake up and, like, brush their teeth and uh, wash their face and so on and so forth. But before we, like, go and do our chair drill, like, before we leave for the game, like, I have to take a shower or, like, I feel like I'm just at my lowest. So, yeah, I got to take a shower and I have to walk the length of the field and sit in the end zone for 15 seconds. And uh, last question of today's episode is... From Aggies today on Instagram, uh, what was your favorite memory as a recruit? Um, my favorite memory as a recruit, um, probably my official visit. You know, just you know, just feeling like you were like so cool, like you were getting you put getting put in a nice hotel, like getting to hang out with like all the guys I was able to hang out with, like at the time, like Kellen Munn and. Uh, Jamon Osmond and Hezekiah Jones, who like guys who they ended up being my roommates like two years later, and who I consider like close friends and brothers. So um, just you know, just getting to feel like you were like cool and like you're at like my my uh, official visit was actually uh, Jimbo's first spring game here. So you know, it was like a lot of hype at the time, and you know, it's like um, a lot of hype not only behind like him as a coach, but just our recruiting class and class of nineteen. So, uh, yeah, and just everything that came with it, like the the dinners, the food, like just getting to feel like you were like a part of the team while you were still in high school because I took my OB when I was still in high school. So, and then just getting the chance to like interact with a lot of the guys who were, I was going to end up playing with, um, that was really fun. And uh, yeah, probably my official visit was probably the best moment as a recruit because I just felt like, uh, I felt like one of the guys. So, uh, yeah, so. Uh, looking forward to answering more questions on next week's episode. Um, I, yeah, and I, I really feel like I like I like doing the interviews, obviously, but uh, I kind of like doing the episodes by myself because it just allows me to, you know, just talk and just 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 jump from topic to topic. So um, I enjoyed today's episode. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it and or are enjoying it. Uh, but yeah, this has been another great episode of the Pot of Aggie Land. Starting your host again, Chase Lane. Tell your friends, tell your teammates, tell your coaches, tell your mom, tell your uncle, tell your grandma, tell everybody to tune in to the hottest student-athlete podcast out there, the Pot of Aggie Land, starring your host, Chase Lane. So, um, appreciate you guys for tuning in, and I'm out. Peace. <laughs>